welcome back to another episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 96 from the HBP studio. I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we place a massive bet on the Houston Astros. Watch reporters defend the World Series champions, Houston Astros, and shop for a new car with Francisco Lindor and the New York Mets. And before we go shopping for a car and we turn into degenerate gamblers, I'm going to have a drink with you. What am I drinking with you today? It's a SEAL Team Belgian Quad from a good American local brewery called BC Brewery in a place called Hunt Valley, Maryland. By the way, SEAL Team is actually, it's not like a SEAL, S-E-A-L, it's actually pronounced, it's actually spelled with a C, C C-E-A-L. Why they did that, I have no idea, but feel free to reach out to the good people at BC Brewery. I'm sure they will tell you what it is. Also, for those of you who are very strict in your diet to whatever, this beer, this Belgian dark beer that I'm having is actually gluten-free. Also, this beer has 10.3% alcohol. So I started drinking before I started recording, so we'll make it through it. I I, I believe in all of us, we're going to make it through this delicious, beautiful podcast. I'm going to have a drink. Hold on. And I always like to share with you something a little bit about the beer and the place that makes it. This place, Hunt Valley. Did you know that in Hunt Valley, there's a place called the System Source Computer Museum? And in this place, the System Source Computer Museum, they have computing machines from ancient China, from obviously this is before communism in China, from calculating machines from the 1600s in Scotland. They have computing machines from the U.S. and England from the 19th century. And all this old computing work, all this old computing machine made me think, for some reason, to the 1986 film Short Circuit. Do you remember that? In it, in the movie Short Circuit, there's a robot called Number 5. One, two, three, four, five. And the robot is developed by some military top secret project. And the robot is actually, it's supposed to be like artificial intelligence. It's built during the Cold War with the Soviet Union. Bunch of communists. And number five, the machine is struck by lightning and then becomes sentient. And so it becomes aware. It becomes alive. It has feelings and thoughts and can philosophize just like you and me. That's a little scary. It's crazy that they were talking about this in 1986, well before Elon Musk was doing crazy things on podcasts buying companies and telling that that artificial intelligence is a menace to humanity. Also, speaking of computers becoming sentient and artificial intelligence, I don't know if you ch- had a chance to check out this other podcast with the Google engineer, Blake Lemoyne, who actually headed up the artificial intelligence over at Google. And then he was like, the the machine became sentient. Like it actually had feelings it can, and it wasn't just talking back it wasn't just regurgitating it apparently told blake like i'm alive or whatever it was anyways he was interviewed by one of my favorite podcasts your mom's house with tom segura and his wife christina p both really funny comedians go check that out i think they came out like last month with the google engineer blake lemoyne on your mom's house the podcast with tom segura and christina p anyways we don't need to start talking about other podcasts films from the awesome decade that is the 1980s, or artificial intelligence. But I want to talk about computer because I have a question. 
Did Jim McGangvely, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, did Jim, also known aka as Mattress Mac, break in to the system source computer computer machine, computer museum, and use one of those old computers to ta- to calculate his degenerate bets on the World Series? Mattress Mac bet $10 million this year that the Houston Astros would win the World Series. Mattress Mac, he's a 71-year-old man. He's wealthy. He's, he's worth about $300 million. He owns a Houston-area store called Gallery Furniture. And he also threw out the first pitch of Game 6 of the World Series. And from that $10 million bet, he won $75 million. That is crazy. And what's also crazy is how good this beer is. I'm going to have another drink. Hold on. So the good news is Mattress Mac is already wealthy, and he is now even wealthier. But he told his customers that anyone who spent over $3,000 of, of furniture at his store this year can get a refund on their purchase, and they get to keep their furniture. I thought that's pretty cool. Normally, I'm not a big fan of gambling and all that stuff, but at the same time, who am I to tell you or tell anyone else how you should or shouldn't be spending your money? The man has more than enough money so he can very easily gamble $10 million. And allegedly, this massive $75 million win by Mattress Mac when the Houston Astros won the World Series is the biggest gambling win or largest, largest payout in American history, which is freaking amazing. And of course, he, I think... Not to bore you with the details, but Mattress Mac apparently put like three different bets at three different Vegas online gambling sites or whatever. One million here, five million there, etc. And one of the places that he bet was Caesars Digital. We know Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. The chief operating officer of Caesars Digital, a man by the name of Ken Fuchs. Fuchs? (laughs) Mr. Fuchs, we're going to go. He was quoted as saying, quote, what can we say? We just wrote the biggest check in sports betting history to Mattress Mac for $30 million. Would we do it all again? You bet. End quote. Listen, Ken Fuchs, lies of the devil. This gambling thing is a freaking racket because if you go to Atlantic City, if you go to Las Vegas, if you go to Macau, if you go to any, your local gambling place, and you're winning millions of dollars on the regular they're going to tell you, ma'am, sir, you can't you can't bet here anymore. And you know who they did that to? They did that to Dana White, who's the president or the owner or whatever the heck of the Ultimate Fighting of UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. He apparently is a also a degenerate gambler, but he's also super wealthy. He wanted he he's been like banned from like three different gambling houses in in Las Vegas. So all this nonsense that digital see digital Caesar's digital is like, "Oh, we don't care that had to pay out $30 million to Mattress Mac because the Houston Astros won the World Series. That doesn't bother us. Of course it does. That's not my problem because that's not my money. <laughs> my question to you is, do you think Mattress Mac needs a grand, grandson? You know, a new, a new grandson? I don't know because I'll, I'll go up for that, you know. <laughs> do computers give you the winning edge when you gamble? Do you have to have skill in gambling? I don't know. Some people say you have to be a skillful gambler. Other people are like, it's just dumb luck. But So 
what was the winning edge in the World Series of 2022 between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. Before the series, last time we talked, I said, did I say? I don't know. In my mind, I told myself, I think the Phillies are going to win because they have comeback ability. They ju- it just doesn't matter what the score is. They have the firepower to come back from anything. And you know what? In game one, they showed it. The Phillies were down five to nothing. I think it was like in the first three innings. And I, I literally was on my couch and I said it out loud to no one in particular. The Phillies can come back from this. The Phillies can come back for this. Boom, boom, boom. Run here, home run there. The Phillies tied the game at five and they ended up winning game one in extra innings. On, on who was it on? I forget whose home run it was. But anyways, they won. At the same time, during that game one, I was like, why are the Phillies leaving in their pitcher, Aaron Nola, much longer than I thought? Like, you got to pull this guy. This is the World Series. This is the playoffs. But I thought maybe the Phillies wanted to rest their bullpen. I, I have no idea. I was not a fan of the Phillies pitching or their strategy using their pitchers and relievers this series. In game two... The Phillies can go up 2-0 and go back home to Philadelphia to their crazy fans. And they didn't win, which isn't, I mean, it's not the, it's not the end of the world. The whole point is that when you're on the road as a team in the playoffs, whether you're in basketball, whether you're in baseball, whether you're in ice hockey, you always want to win one game on the road to go back home. Or if you're the higher seed, you defend your home court, your home field advantage, your home ice. And you go on the road and you have to win one game. And the Phillies did that. They took they went back to Philadelphia, 1-1. And again, what drove me crazy is their first baseman, the Phillies' first baseman, Ree Hoskins, made another error. I, I saw so many Phillies games this postseason, obviously, because they just kept winning and winning and going deeper into the playoffs. When the Astros were leading 2-0, I forget what inning this was. I think it was in, I think it was in the first inning. He dropped the inning ending out. I think it was the third baseman or the shortstop of the Phillies threw the ball to Reese Hoskins. It was there in Reese Hoskins' glove. It would have been a third out. The Phillies would have then been down only 2-0 going up to bat. He dropped it. After that After that error, the Astros scored another run, and they ended up scoring three runs in the first inning, and they lost. Fast forward to game four when the Astros no-hit Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to tell you the truth here. I didn't realize that the Astros were no-hitting the the Phillies until much later in the game. I was like, okay, the Phillies' offense is not doing well at all. And I knew they had a couple of players on base, but I wasn't like, oh, they're actually getting no-hit. This is is potentially a historical moment. Never crossed my mind until the Fox announcers are like, well, you know, here we are in the whatever, seventh or eighth inning, and the Phillies have not had a hit yet. I was like... Wow, that's right, yeah. I mean, the Phillies' offense has sucked tonight in Game 4. And it turns out, the Astros, Christian Valdez, and a bunch of relief pitchers, no hit the Philadelphia Phillies. I was like, son of a gun, where was this crappy Phillies' offense when they played the Atlanta Braves all the way back in the National League Division Series? But whatever, that was weeks ago. And then in Game 5, how unimpressed were you with the Houston Astros pitcher, Justin Verlander? He had... Zero control in Game Five. I actually don't. I no. I have no idea how he managed to get through. I think it was five or even six innings of Game Five. I was like, "Wow, this guy is not good in the in the World Series." I I, I was speechless. 
at the end of the day, the Houston Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies four games to two. I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on the 2022 World Series? On a, on a scale of Star Search, the 1980s TV talent show, how many stars do you give this 2022 World Series? One to five stars. I'm going to go with three and a half stars. And the half a star comes because they, there was actually a no-hitter in the World Series, which is obviously historic. It hadn't happened since 1956 when the New York Yankees no-hit the Brooklyn Dodgers. You know, for the first three or four games, I was like, this is kind of a snooze fest, this World Series, in this sense. All the things that happened in the first three or four games were like fireworks. The Astros scored like five runs in the first three innings in game one. The Phillies came back in a few innings and scored five runs of their own. And then they won an extra innings. That's exciting. Game two, the Astros scored like five or six runs in the first three or four innings. And that was it. The game was over. I mean, nothing happened in the over like the last 15 outs of each team's game two at-bats. Game three, a bunch of home runs. The game was over. Game four, no hit. The only drama was, will the Phillies actually get a hit? Game five, I will give it to game five and game six. There was drama. And I'm not looking for every single game to be a tense four to three, three to two game. I just want it to be kind of close. And it just, the first three, three or four games are just complete, almost blowouts. It's like, we're going to put up all these runs and the game's over. It's like, oh, okay. So I was, it was like, that's what I mean. It was kind of a snooze fest up, up until game five and game six. So it was almost like someone got punched in the face and no one countered. Only in game one did the, did the Phillies counter the initial punch in the face from the Astros. So as a, as a viewer, as someone who just loves baseball, you're like, this is kind of boring. Like I said a few moments ago, I was disappointed in the Phillies pitching, their starting pitching and that bullpen. Going into the World Series, the Phillies the Phillies bullpen was arguably the best unit, arguably the best unit of the whole playoffs. And in the World Series, maybe Ranger Suarez actually pitched well. Everyone else just, they didn't pitch well. But what I did like was the Phillies left fielder, Kyle Schwarber. He hit one, two, three home runs in the World Series and six total home runs in the playoffs. I said back in episode 94 that Schwarber could be the Jock Peterson for the Phillies. That veteran World Series champion who comes into, it was new to the team, new to the club. He changes the attitude in the clubhouse and makes believers out of a super talented team. Last year, Peterson did that when he was traded from the, who was it, from the Dodgers or was it the Giants? No, the Dodgers to, no, it wasn't the Dodgers, it was the Cubs. From the Cubs to the Braves, he's like, Look, I won the World Series. You guys are really good. Let's change this up. I'm going to start wearing grandma pearl necklaces to the games. And the Braves won the World Series. This year, Schwarber led by example. The Phillies didn't win the World Series, but they fell just two games from winning it all. And he was super clutch, always coming through and hitting absolute titanic home runs, which is awesome. So cheers to Kyle Schwarber. Even though you didn't win the World Series, man, you you showed out. But what I didn't like, lo que no me gusta, what I don't like, was all the strikeouts that the Phillies offense did. I mean, this fearsome offense, that this fearsome offense that was kicking everybody's butt in the National League, they only did it for like two games in the World Series. 
Nick Castellano struck out 10 times. Reese Hoskins, I told you about his terrible, I've been saying this for a few episodes now, how I do not like Reese Hoskins as a defender. With the bat, he struck out 10 times. But wait, because it gets worse. The Phillies catcher, JT Realmuto, struck out 12 times. Striking out isn't, isn't the worst thing in the world, but when you're doing it so many times, you aren't putting the ball in play. You aren't putting pressure on the Astros' defense. Overall, the Phillies struck out 71 times in six games. And compared to that, the Astros struck out 59 times in six games. And speaking of pitching, again, like I said earlier, did you see the Houston Astros' Justin Verlander? Holy schmoly. He was not good. He had zero command in both of his starts. He In game one and game five, Verlander was spraying the ball all over the place. Some of his pitches were super high, out wide, down low, too slow. No, for real. I was really, really unimpressed by Justin Verlander. This is the guy who's probably going to win the American League Cy Young Award as the best pitcher in the league. He has a player option for, for his contract for 2023 to be paid $25 million. So basically, Verlander just has to call up the Houston Astros and say, hey, I'm exercising my player option for next year. You're paying me $25 million. Or he could opt out and say, you know what? I'm a free agent for 2023. Let's be honest. Justin Verlander will be a Hall of Famer. But if you're a World Series contender, for example, the New York Mets, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Atlanta Braves, and you saw Verlander's last two outings in this World Series and his one bad outing in last year's World Series 2021, do you really want to be offering Justin Verlander $30 million a year? Be real. Be real with yourself. You saw how crappy, let's let's not mince words here, he was crappy in this World Series, and he was crappy in the 2021 World Series. He's going to win you a boatload of regular season games, some playoff games, but at the end of the day, when you have a team like the Mets, the Dodgers, the Braves, whatever, you're looking to win World Series. You're not looking to win division titles. You're not looking to win 97, 105 games. It's the World Series is what you're looking to win. And Verlander has shown time and time again in back-to-back years, he's not the guy to put you over the edge. By the way, speaking of putting you over the edge, and that makes me think, how in the world did the Houston Astros win? This is not a bad team. They, the Houston Astros, congratulations to them. The Houston Astros showed that they are the that they were the best team playing in October. That's it. I I still don't think they're the best team in baseball. That's probably an argument that the New York Mets, the Dodgers, or the Braves would say, "Hey, you know what? If we got up against you, we would beat you." But congratulations to the Astros because they were the best team when it counted. I saw the games. You saw the games. I was like Jose Altuve. Second baseman, you suck. He had one hit in game one, three hits in game two, and he finished with a 308 batting average in the World Series. I was like, I just scratched my head and I was like, how in the world? All I saw was Jose Altuve going for out, 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 out. And then I look up and he's like, oh, he has a 308 batting average in the World Series. I have never been more surprised in the, this year when it comes to baseball than seeing Jose Altuve's average in the World Series. I mean, he must have snuck in a bunch of hits when I was like falling asleep or wasn't paying, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. And how did the Astros win? Where in the world was their left fielder slash designated hitter, Jordan Alvarez, a.k.a. 
the Cuban Barry Bonds. He hit 138 in the World Series. Jordan Alvarez, the scourge of Seattle, hit 138 in the World Series. If you're a Seattle Mariners fan, how resentful are you right now that Jordan Alvarez turned into Barry Bonds for those three games against you way back in the American League Division Series? And Alvarez didn't do anything. He did zilch, zero, nada in the American League Championship Series and in the World Series. He had that one massive home run in Game 6 in the World Series. But other than that, Homeboy didn't do anything. And now he has a championship ring. Alex Bregman, really good player. Third baseman, hit 238. Kyle Tucker, one of the sweetest swings in baseball. He's Kyle Tucker is what? I think they're a right fielder. He hit 190. I was just flabbergasted that the Astros won the World Series when their top players were so crappy. Alvarez. Bregman was okay. Kyle Tucker, as we as I just told you, Jose Altuve just shocked me with his ridiculously high batting average when I know that he completely sucked <laughs> in most through most of the playoffs. And if you're an Astros fan, you know what I'm saying is true. But they won because they're crazy good. Rookie shortstop Jeremy Pena. He won a he won a Gold Glove as the best shortstop in all the American League and the World Series MVP. He hit. 400 as the most valuable player of the World Series. Yuli Gurriel, he hit 316. But you know what? From my money, in my opinion, the real most valuable player of the of the 2022 World Series, the left-handed Astros pitcher, Framber Valdez from the Dominican Republic. He won both of the games he started. Game two and the clinching game six. Where would the Astros be without Framber Valdez? I'm telling you, I don't think that the Astros win the World Series if they didn't have Faramber Valdez. Yes, they no-hit Christian Vasquez and, and three relief pitchers no-hit the Phillies in Game 4. And Faramber Valdez has nothing to do with that. But I told you, Justin Verlander didn't do anything in Game 1. He didn't do anything in his Game 5 start. I don't care that he was like, oh, he just struggled through and he fought through. He had that veteran knack to... No, stop. He sucked. Rambo Valdez pitched two innings, two innings, two games. He won both the games. Total of 12 and a third innings, had 18 strikeouts, an ERA of 1.46. Basically, in his two starts, Valdez gave up two runs. That was it. And the Astros bullpen gave up a total of two earned runs through all the six games. There's your real most valuable players, Framber Valdez and the Astros bullpen. I've liked Valdez since he started back in 2020 during the COVID striked, striked, the COVID shortened series. He was awesome then. Last year, I remember he broke his pinky. He broke one of his fingers on his left hand and, and he like had the late start to the season and he just wasn't himself. Now I think that he may be a front runner for Cy Young next year. I love Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez. Super talented, super awesome. The Astros have an absolute stud on their hands for the next five, seven years. Who knows how long? I'm going to have another drink because I'm celebrating with my boy, Framber Valdez. But you know what I'm not celebrating is this shameful. It's I think it's shameful that the way that Fox was covering up from the Houston Astros. They were like, oh, you know, 2017, one of the reporters, I forget that guy, he said, quote, 
the Astros should be celebrated for who they are, end quote. You know what? No, stop saying that the Astros have won two World Series. They haven't. If the Astros hadn't cheated with their trash can banging and their cameras and looking to see what the pitcher, any pitcher that they face, what pitch that they would come up, most teams, I think, would win the World Series if they knew what their opposing pitcher was actually going to pitch to them, whether it was a fastball, a breaking ball, etc., And in that 2017 World Series between the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Astros, air quote, beat the Dodgers in seven games, four games to three. You're telling me that a few pitches here and there in that series wouldn't have gone the other way and and the Dodgers would have won the 2017 World Series? Towards the end of game six, the Fox announcers just kept hammering again and again and again at you, almost defending the Houston Astros. I'm like, don't do that. That just irritates people who already aren't Houston Astros fans. Number one, let me tell you, congratulations to the 2022 World Series champions, Houston Astros. The 2022 World Series Astros, I think, has three or four players left from that 2017 team. This 2022 team is awesome. And this is a deserved World Series champion. But when Fox started talking about 2017 and the things they went through and the things they did, it was almost like they were not defending them, but they were like, okay, guys, just don't beat them up too much. No, 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 no. Anyone can say anything that they want on that 2017 tainted title. That was some BS. They stole that championship from the New York Yankees. They stole that championship from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Don't go celebrating them saying, flat out say it. The Houston Astros cheated to win the World Series in 2017. Baseball is all about history. They're always talking about the White Sox scandal back in 1919 and they took money and they and they were bribed because the owner wasn't paying. There's that I'm going to you know, I'm going to do a little episode on the 1919 World Series Chicago White Sox. They're not as bad guys as, as the history makes them out to be. All those guys got banned back in 1919 because they were bribed to basically just throw away the World Series. The opposite happened here where the Astros cheated to win the World Series, let's never let that die. Never let that die. 2017 Houston Astros, a bunch of cheaters who cheated multiple teams to go to the World Series and win the 2022 Houston Astros legitimate World Series champion. Really good team. And you know what? Here's a fun little, here's one last little dig on the Houston Astros. (laughs) In their last, what is it? Their last 10 World Series home games in from the 2019 World Series, the 2021 World Series, and the 2022 World Series, the Houston Astros have only won three games and they've lost seven, which is like, wow, that's not good. If you remember famously in 2019 between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros, the Nationals beat the Astros four games to three. The Nationals lost all three games at home. The Astros lost all four games at home, which is that was, I think that was like the first time in any World Series that the home team didn't win a single home game. And then in 2021, they won one home game. And now in 2022, they won two home games. That's not really good, actually. In three World Series, you have only three wins at home in front of your, in front of your fans. I am very happy that Trey Mancini has won a World Series. I am very happy that the manager, Dusty Baker, has won the World Series. Trey Mancini was a star. He was one of the faces of the franchises for fr- faces of the franchise for the Baltimore Orioles. 
famously, unfortunately for him and his family, he had stage three colon cancer diagnosed back in 2020. He had to leave baseball to fight it. Not only did he fight and survive, he actually managed to come back from colon cancer and play professional sports again. That's that's a beautiful story. That's all I have to say. It, it's just flabbergasting. It's, it's wonderful. I'm so happy for him and his family. I can't imagine the joy that they're going through. So well-deserved for Trey Mancini and also Dusty Baker. You know, the, it was famously the winningest baseball manager without a World Series, and now that's gone. He's, our, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. He had a fantastic career as a player. He's had a fantastic career as a manager. He's led, what, he's been to the World Series, I think, three or four times with the San Francisco Giants, with the Houston Astros now twice. Amazing gentleman is what Dusty Baker is. And you know what I really like about it? It's this small little tidbit. When he was a player with the Atlanta Braves, he played with the legendary Negro Leagues pitcher, Satchel Paige. Satchel Paige is one of the giants of baseball. Unfortunately, he was playing professional baseball at a time when black players weren't allowed to play Major League Baseball. And he always thought, Satchel Paige always thought he should have been the first black player in Major League Baseball. But for various other reasons we won't get into here. It became Jackie Robinson was the first player, first black player to play Major League Baseball. But Satchel Paige was a legend unto himself, and he played in, as an old, old man. He was on the Atlanta Braves roster, and that's where Dusty Baker got to know him, which is fantastic. Get to know more about Satchel Paige and Dusty Baker. I also want you to know about this week's show sponsor, the James Taylor Insurance Agency. James Taylor Insurance wants to save you money. Have you been canceled by your insurance company or told your driving record just isn't good enough? You don't have to pay others high rates. In fact, you can have your insurance tailor-made to fit your budget. Remember, you've got a friend in James Taylor Insurance. Give us a call and see if we can help you save money. Cheers to the James Taylor Insurance Company. Cheers to Dusty Baker. Cheers to Trey Mancini. And also, you know what? Cheers to Francisco Lindor and the New York Mets. Well, specifically Francis, Francisco Lindor. You may or may not remember that. The Mets, the New York Mets second baseman, Jeff McNeil, he won the 2022 National League batting title. He had a, he finished the regular season with an average with a 326 average. He just beat out former Atlanta Brave. And current Los Angeles ba- Los Angeles Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman for the National League title. And earlier in this in the regular season, Lindor saw that Jeff McNeil was mad or upset or something. And Lindor went up to McNeil and he said, "Quote: If you win a batting title, I'll get you a car." And then Lindor later said, "That was a long time ago, and everyone has made sure I haven't forgotten. Everyone is making sure I buy him a car. I will get him. A car. I will get him a car." but I didn't specify what car it was, end quote. As we know, the New York Mets season ended way earlier than anyone thought when they ended up losing in the wild card series against the San Diego Padres at home. Man, that, got, that has to suck. You know what? Speaking of uh, the offseason and speaking of gambling, as we did earlier about Mattress Mac, the, the baseball winter meetings this year will be held at the Resorts World in Las Vegas from December 4th to December 7th. Why is this there like a gambling theme with these bunch of degenerates here in the, on this episode? I have no idea. 
But did you also hear that the New York Mets signed their star Puerto Rican closer, Edwin Diaz, to a five-year contract worth $102 million? That five-year $102 million contract is the biggest contract for a reliever in baseball history. For a reliever, I was when I heard about this, what was it yesterday or two days ago? It's like, what are the Mets doing? What's Uncle Steve doing? The obviously Steve Cohen, the, the owner of the New York Mets. What is he doing? Giving so much money to the to arguably the best closer in baseball, Edwin Diaz. But for five years, relievers are so volatile. You cannot count on them five years into the future. If it was two or three years, yes, five years, I think is insane. I'm going to give you a comparison. The New York Yankees relief pitcher, Aroldis Chapman, back in back in 2016, the Yankees signed Aroldis Chapman to a five-year, $86 million contract. And for details I'm going to go over here, there are a bunch of voided years. Chapman ended up earning over, he, no, he ended up earning $104 million over six seasons since 2016 up until the disastrous disastrous end to Aroldis Chapman's season in 2022. You don't think that the Yankees regret giving $104 million over the last six years to Aroldis Chapman? <laughs> Absolutely. That's an insane amount of money to give in a, re- a reliever over six years. That is way too long. This, I'm not, I'm a fan of Uncle Steve. I think Edwin Diaz is definitely one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. I just don't think any relief pitcher is worth a five-year contract. The Mets are going to regret giving him a five-year contract. They should have just gone heavy and big and said, hey, we're giving you a three-year contract, and we'll give you, I don't know, we'll give you a three-year $75 million contract. I don't know. But again, just like Mattress Mac gambling $10 million of his own money, I'm not going to tell Uncle Steve how to spend his own money. We'll see what happens with Edwin Diaz over the next five years and the New York Mets. But let's get, but let's stay in New York, but let's go back to the New York Mets and stop talking about the regret that the New York Yankees have. What kind of car is Lindor going to buy Jeff McNeil? When he was asked this, Lindor responded, quote, you guys are going to find out about the car. I won't tell you guys. He doesn't even know. I don't know. I guess you guys will find out maybe in spring training. Maybe in the offseason, maybe in the new year. We'll see. End quote. I don't know Jeff McNeil. I don't know his tastes, but I'm I'm wondering if the car that Jeff that Jeff McNeil, if the car that Francisco Lindor buys him is going to be more if a reflection of what Francisco Lindor likes, or Lindor's gonna be a little considerate and and try to ask around what kind of style and car and color Jeff McNeil likes. I don't know. I'm definitely going to report back on what in the world Francisco Lindor ends up buying Jeff, what car Francisco Lindor ends up buying Jeff McNeil. Here's a question for you. What car would you want if a coworker who has a lot more money and a much bigger contract than you offered you a car saying, if you get promoted this year, if you hit this milestone, I'm going to get you a car. A real nice fancy car. First off, for me, I'm not that big into cars, but I thought about this just like you should be thinking about. Like, what car would you want to be given if you hit a certain milestone as like a, a, a wonderful reward? For me, it would be 
But this comes with a, with a caveat, so I'll tell you this afterwards. It's a Mercedes-Benz S580e, which is a hybrid. The Mercedes S580e, I would have to have with a chauffeur, though, because it's a one of these long, luxurious cars, and in the back two seats of this Mercedes, they, it's the equivalent of a first-class seats, like an airplane. So it has, has all the amenities, has your little... You can lay back, you can have your champagne, icebox, your TV screen, etc. That five eight that S five eighty E is a car to be driven around it. That's not the car to drive. You are driven in that car. Cause that made me that makes me think, look, you know me, I like to have a beer once in a while and always on the podcast. Never get crazy. Don't don't gotta get drunk. Just get happy. And it's not even about drinking and driving, which you should never do, by the way. I always said this on the episode. Do not drink and drive. Why do you want to be stuck in traffic when you could be driven around in the back of your Mercedes S580e, taking a phone call, responding to a text, reading the newspaper, watching the latest episode of your favorite TV show, listening to your favorite podcast like HBP, doing whatever it is that you want back there. Having a nice sip of uh, having a nice sip of champagne, having a delicious Belgian beer, having mineral water, lemonade, whatever, be driven around. That would be my car that I would want as a milestone, reward, gift, etc. And speaking of not drinking and driving, which no one should ever do, if you remember back in episode eighty-seven, I talked about Keith Moon, the arguably the greatest rock and roll drummer of all time for the British band. The who he realized he had a problem. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna be driven around. Keith Moon had a lilac colored Rolls Royce Silver Cloud three, and he was just driven around all over London and in the outskirts where he lived in the 1970s. And it was, I'm sure, it was it was an amazing time. Cheers to Keith Moon. Cheers to friendless Francisco Lindor, and I can't wait to see what he gets Jeff McNeil for his amazing car for winning the National League batting title for 2022. And lastly, cheers to you and our new friends. We have a couple of we have a handful of new listeners, which I'm very always very happy about. We had a new listener from Hanam, South Korea, a new listener from Quebec, Canada, a new listener from please forgive me for butchering this name, Al Janabia, Al Janabia, Bahrain, in the one of the Gulf states, a new listener from Hollis, New Hampshire, and lastly, a new listener from Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Cheers to you. You're always welcome to be with us. And now that we're in the off season, we're still going to be publishing new podcasts. We're just not going to be doing it every week. We're going to be publishing podcasts every two or three weeks. And I will be watching Latin American Winter Ball, specifically from Nicaragua. And that season starts on the 15th of November. And you know what? They're going to be showing the games for free on YouTube. The YouTube channel is LBPN. Lima, Bravo, Papa, November, LBPN. And starting on the 15th of November, you can watch awesome baseball. And I'll be talking about it on this on this podcast in the next two or three weeks. All the way up until spring training, which is what, in February. So have fun, everyone. Enjoy your time off. What are we talking about time off? Whatever. Enjoy <laughs> the off season is what I meant. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast. A picture of my drink will be on Instagram and Twitter. Let's get together in a week or two or three for a brand new episode 
of HBP, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Bye.